Let's just pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Father's Day today. We thank you for that song, for that promise. I am a child of God. Lord, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will move in our hearts this morning, that that truth shall go deeper into every single person's mind, spirit, and soul today, that they are a child of God on this Father's Day. Amen. Amen. Oh, good morning. Yeah. Um, if, are we recording? So, good morning, everybody. It's Father's Day. So, the title of my talk this morning is Father's Day. The song we were hearing was from Bethel Music. If you're listening on um, the, the, the Sonic, what's it called again? SoundCloud. If you're listening to SoundCloud, it's uh, Bethel Music. The song is No Longer Slaves. And I'm ministering, I hope, around that song today, giving it some context and believing the Holy Spirit is going to speak through it this morning. So look out for it. Have a look for it on YouTube. It's there. It's a fantastic song. Maybe one for the list next time, Lindsay. We'll see. You can decide. But it's Father's Day today. And Father's Day is great. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be a father. I, I'm more fortunate to have had a father, like most of us, I guess. And I remember as a little boy running around to the newsagent and buying with my own pocket money a stapler for my dad and I brought it back on Father's Day and I proudly presented it to him and I was extremely pleased with myself. I have no idea if my dad ever used it but um, I was delighted to be able to to give something to my father and um, it's nice to receive on Father's Day as well. Box set of Jurassic Park arrived from my son last night. I'm looking forward to that warm up for Jurassic World. For some, Father's Day is great and it's good fun. But the Father's Day I'm talking about this morning is nothing to do with that type of celebration. It is so much more significant and so much more powerful. The Father's Day I'm talking about happened about 2,000 years ago. Jesus, as we know, had been born to Mary and Joseph in a manger. A little child crying out, human, fully human. And we know little about how Jesus grew other than that he was in a family, his father was a carpenter, and we have some insights occasionally into his growing and development into a a young boy, growing in favor with God and man, it's described as. But we don't know much till he's about 30. And revival is in the air. John the Baptist, his cousin, is preaching in the desert. Repent of your sins and be baptized, preparing the way for the one who is to come. And I'm fascinated to think and encourage you to think about this. What was it like for Jesus? Fully human. Tempted as we are, but without sin, the Scriptures tells us. He must have And we know he was a normal developing child, growing up, learning to speak, learning to walk, being told. And I wonder how he developed his 
understanding of who he was. How many times did he ask, Mom, Mom, tell me again about the day I was born. T- tell me again about these, these, these wise men. How old was he when perhaps he discovered that his father was maybe not Joseph, the carpenter? How did that make him feel? I, ca- I can't imagine. We can't imagine really, I guess. But when he came to start his ministry, he heard the voice calling in the desert, and he must have been sufficiently assured in who he was and confident of his calling in God to make his way to meet John the Baptist in the desert. And we read that immediately he was challenged. John himself asks, why am I baptizing you? I should be baptized by you. John had been saying, there is one coming whose shoelaces I am not fit to tie. He is coming and will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Jesus immediately said to him, it is right to fulfill all righteousness. And Jesus was baptized. And in Matthew 3, we read in verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That is the Father's Day I want to talk about this morning. The Father's Day beyond all Father's Day. How Jesus must have felt going into the waters and rising up. Many of us, some of you were baptized recently. You know that feeling of nervousness, perhaps, of uncertainty. We'll never know how Jesus really felt, maybe until we meet him and ask him one day, what was it like? Meditate on him. Ask him now in your prayers, what did it feel like, Jesus, to go into those waters, to hear a voice from heaven and just I can't think of too many occasions throughout the Old Testament through Scripture when an audible voice was heard. We know God speaks through his prophets. God spoke through a burning bush. God speaks through angels, through Moses, through... But an audible voice? Certainly not a common occurrence, is it? Yet here it is. Once again, a voice, an audible voice from heaven. This is my son. With him, I am well pleased. Not since perhaps God said, let there be light. Was there such a significant day? And I'm sure the voice, although reassuring for Jesus, resounded out through the generations, through all of creation, to us, to every soul, to every spirit, this is my son. With him, I'm well pleased. The message was for those in Jesus' vicinity at the time, for John, for Jesus himself, for the disciples. 
but it's for every single person ever since as well. That is the relationship that Jesus instituted through his life and ministry, the possibility that his relationship with his Father in heaven opens up for us the possibility of becoming children of God. In John 1, explains it a little bit further. In reflection, maybe the writer of John the Gospel, thinking about this, describing it. And we know John 1, the Word of God in flesh. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. But it goes on to say, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world. And though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Hear this. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Whatever our genealogy is, our parents were, whether we love them or hate them, whether we know them or we don't know them, there's many here fostered, adopted. Father's Day for you and for me and for us is about being adopted into God's family. God is saying to us, and the promise is there for us, that whoever we have become, whoever we are, our names that we inherit from our parents or are being given by our families, means nothing to who we really are and can be in Christ. This is so powerful. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Stanley, Raphael, Michael. You have the right to become a child of God. Irrespective of who your parents were, good or bad, we understand maybe why Jesus explained it to Nicodemus in John 3. Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. You need to be born again because our natural birth isn't enough. It doesn't matter if our parents were Jewish or Muslim or whatever we are, our religion, our relationship with God is independent of that. Who we are and what we've become because of who our parents were. The decisions they made and what we've inherited from them is nothing to what Christ can birth in us if we're born again. Jesus goes on to explain, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. 
Here it is. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and we're all birthed physically. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And not surprisingly, Nicodemus asks, how can this be? This could be hard to understand if you're here for the first time or you're just being introduced to the Christian faith, but the message for you is that God wants to adopt you as his son or daughter. Spiritually, your soul, your spirit, far more than just your physical life. There is a life beyond the physical, the spiritual. There is a a world of eternity, of hope, of healing, far beyond what we can ever achieve or have in the physical Heaven is a reality, and um, Galatians 3, again, reflects in this and encourages us. This truth sets us free. It says in Galatians 3.26, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, hips fan or hearts fan, ragers fan, whatever it is, whatever we divide ourselves around, Brazilian or Scotsman, Englishman or Welshman, Man or woman, makes no odds. Slave or free, male or female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Please applaud the Lord for this promise, for this hope. For Father's Day, for Father's Day, beyond all Father's Day, we're... The possibility of becoming children of God is so amazing. And well, if God's so good, why is life so tough? And Hebrews 12 helps us with this a little bit. It says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by the Father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate. So don't expect when you come to Christ, when you... Say, yeah, I fancy being a child of God. That sounds good. That is suddenly all just an easy life. That everything's dealt with. There's no problems. It's not how it is. It's not the deal because you would be illegitimate. Every father, every parent wants his child to grow up and mature. And it's just the same in the spiritual realms. Moreover, it goes on in Hebrews 12, verse 7, Moreover, we have had all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good so that we, in order that we may share in his holiness. So we're set apart from more, so that we can love him more, so that we can follow him more closely, trust him more fully, love him more deeply. That's what holiness is about. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. So we have the hope that in whatever we're suffering, we can be trained by it. But it's hard. It is hard that I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Can everybody say that easily? It's tough, isn't it? To be able to pronounce confidently, I 
am a child of God. You can practice it. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Different ways. It's a prayer. It's warrior worship. Declaring that. Believing it. I would encourage you, you know, to repeat it. To let it go in you. And I've got a little clip here, Robert, if you're ready for the, next, the second clip. The, the song that we're, we saw at the beginning, No Longer Slaves, by Bethel, um, is talking about a child of God, being a child of God, and it uses an analogy of the Israelites being set free and coming out of Egypt through the Red Sea and into the Promised Land. And the, the, the story behind the song is brilliant. We've got the, the, the husband and wife team that developed it and wrote it. The, the wife, Melissa, I think she is called, explains, you know, when she came across the words, she, 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 she just found it really difficult to, to um, sing it and receive it, this truth. So anyway, let's have a look at this and look out for, for, for that. And, and ho- I'm sure you can identify with this challenge to believe and really interesting. Brian contacted me and said, hey, we really want you guys to be a part of this album we're going to record on top of a mountain, and it's going to be amazing. So we emailed over a couple songs, and as soon as Brian heard No Longer Slaves, he texted me back. He said, this is the one, and he said, I already have an idea for the bridge. As soon as I heard the melody, I saw the picture of the Israelites going through the Red Sea, and it was the moment that they left their slavery and they became the children of God and they saw the massive love of their father that would part a Red Sea for them and bring them into his promised land. I just heard the lyrics, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. All my fears are drowned in perfect love. The next morning when I woke up, I was like, how, how can we get Melissa into this song? Because it was something that I was just singing and the bridge was way too high for me to sing. I was like, this would be perfect if Melissa sings it. It's actually maybe one of the first songs that I've been in, invited into in that capacity to like that I didn't write it. So many of my songs are such so deeply connected to my journey with the Lord. And so, if I'm completely honest, I was like, "Oh, this will be interesting." Like I found myself like I don't I don't know if I'm fully engaged in it yet, you know, and and I had a beautiful moment of really just getting on my face before the Lord because I just kept hitting a wall. I'm like, what is this wall? I can never hit this wall, you know? And the Lord's like, I, I'm not gonna let you sing something you don't believe. And I just sat there for like probably an hour and just sang the bridge over and over and over and over. And I just wept and I cried and I'm like, okay, this is actually my story. Like this is, this is, is my testimony of the Father reaching in and, and opening up seasons of, of suffering and sorrow and, and just meeting me and drowning my fear. What we landed with, you know, was me kind of coming out of my own skin and, and giving the Father in that moment every, everything that I had. Even when I watch the video now, I'm like, I don't know that I've ever sang like that. And that's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to, to watch and be like, okay. Like, I fully believe what I was singing. When we sang it for the recording, even when we've sung it since, mm-hmm. I realized that this song is our life message, and this song is our testimony, yeah. and it's also what we want to declare over a generation, that you're no longer slaves, but you're sons and daughters of a father. 
I'm not going to let you sing what you don't believe. I don't know if you picked up that line from Melissa. But um, she's obviously a Christian worship leader, needing to break through in the revelation that she really is a child of God. And I'm sure that for every single one of us, there's more we want to grow in in that sense. How confident are we to say, I am a child of God? And we'll play the whole song later, and you'll see Melissa totally going for it. I mean, it's just fantastic. There is no doubt that girl has had a breakthrough. And it is a breakthrough. You can't be taught this. I can't explain it to you. You need to know this in your heart. And it's a journey. And um, maybe the second slide there, Robert, if you, if you can get that for me, um, just, to, just to help us and to help us recognize that th- th- this is a miracle. Hebrews 6 is, is a really interesting scripture. We read it in many different contexts, but it's helpful for us today, I think. How can you evaluate your confidence in that truth? How, how can we grow in this truth? And I think this helps us. Hebrews, Hebrews 6 says this, and Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken towards maturity. Like Christ physically, Jesus grew up physically. We, we grew up physically, we know that, it's, it's intuitive. But spiritually, we need to do the same thing. We, we need to start being born again. That's where it begins. We're born again, like Jesus explained. And we need to grow. We don't just sit as child, children, being fed, weaned spiritually. And this is what they, I think the writer's talking about. And he explains that we mustn't lay again just the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, which we think is baptisms, the laying of, of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. So, you maybe thought, heard these before, possibly, maybe not. Elementary teachings about God, about Christianity, are summarized here. And when we read them again, we're thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I know all this yet. We know about repentance, that we need to change our ways. We need to have that foundation. Being born again is a turning from God. You need to then change your lives, change your beliefs, change your lifestyles. Inevitably, when I first became a Christian as a 20-year-old, every Sunday I was getting convicted of sin after sin after sin. I was going, oh, no, what do I need to change this week? And hopefully it doesn't change too a lot, much along. I'm still getting convicted of sin after sin after sin and having to repent every week and change. But different sins, maybe. Definitely. But it never ends. The foundation of repentance there as a lifestyle. These sins that led to death or physical ending. Faith in God. We understand about, yeah, I need to believe in God. We, that's what I assume Christians are about. But who God is, the God of the of our hearts, the God of Jesus. Who is he? Growing in that faith and understanding. Instructions about baptisms and we've not just things to understand in our minds but to do. We need to repent. We need to have faith in God. We need to be baptized. Laying out of hands. Do we even know what that is these days in different churches, different opinions? It's confusing. So what is 
evident to the writer of Hebrews in the early church is, is now being confused by the enemy throughout the generations. And, and we're uncertain about some of these things. Different opinions on the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. But we need to have, and you need to have, confidence in what you believe and what the scriptures say about all these things and experience them. And here's where it goes on. Because it, it isn't about what we understand in our mind. We don't need to know more. We don't need to study more. We don't need to come theologians. We need to experience more. I'm thrilled that Isaac's and my kids have done well studying and learning and growing. But I'm more excited about our developing relationship that is changing from when he was a child to he's now my golf partner. It's much more exciting. It's my friend. That's what God wants. Us to grow up to be his friends. I'm no longer a slave to sin, but a child of God. The Christian experience in Hebrews 6 goes on. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened. To become a Christian, you need to be enlightened. You need to have a revelation of who God is, that he's real, he's true, and he loves you. And he can forgive your sins, and he gives you the hope of eternal life. How about this? But then who have tasted the heavenly gift. What is your experience like as a Christian? Are you tasting the heavenly gift? What does that mean for you, Stacy? I wonder? The presence of God everywhere we go on a Sunday morning. Christianity is about experiencing, about feeling something. The heavenly gift. Wow. That's what we should be experiencing in our relationship with God. It says we, we who have shared in the Holy Spirit must be a natural part of your Christian experience. Feeling the desire to come to church was a complete miracle for me. Being able to not swear on a daily basis was a miracle for me. Opening the Bible, and it says here, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God. Opening the Bible which I had never understood till the day I was born again. And I opened it, and it was suddenly making complete sense, speaking to my heart. That experience is what we should be having as Christians, tasting the heavenly gift, getting excited about God's Word, being filled and sharing with the Holy Spirit. And it goes on, and the powers of the coming age... Five things, enlightenment, the heavenly gift, the Holy Spirit, goodness of the Word of God, and power in your life, changing lifestyle, changing your physical body possibly, healings, but the power to change what you think, what you do, who you are, to see the blessing of God, prayers being answered, people being influenced by your life, by your testimony. The power of God should be evident in our Christian experience, and we want to be growing in that. And all these things, if we're growing in these things, we're becoming the type of children of God that we're looking for. 
So how can we grow in these things? We, we, we want to understand them. We want to learn about them. We want to experience them. So even coming to warrior worship tonight, we're going to taste the heavenly gift. We're believing, aren't we, Lindsay, for the power of God to come. The Word of God will be ministered here. And that's what church is about. That's why we come together as Christians, to grow, to develop that, to experience this, to grow in our relationship and love for God. Jesus, I guess, put it even better in his parable in Luke 15. The prodigal son. I hope you know this story. If you've not read it, it's in Luke 15. You've probably heard about it. If you don't know your Bible, you'll know this story of the, the two sons who had a father. The younger son, I think, decides he's had enough. He wants to leave and he asks his father for his inheritance, which is a shocking thing to ask. And give me the money now, Dad. I'm off. I've had enough of you. I want my own life. And in many ways... I guess I certainly sort of did that in my own way. I want to leave. I want to get out on my own. Um, and if you can give me some cash, that'd help that. That'd be great. Bless him, he did. But this was a real rejection by the younger son of the father of all he was and all he was about. And he squanders it all on wild living and prostitutes. He ends up starving, feeding pigs. Until the point he has some enlightenment. And in Luke 15, verse 19, it says, I'm no longer. He says, just to explain it, how many of my fathers. Go back one more, verse 17. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Spiritually, you're probably. You're not experiencing this relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You are starving to death. There's a hole inside you. Life doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense without God. It's not what you were destined to become. You were destined to become. It's God's will for you to become his child. So the son got up and went to his father. And he says, I'm going to say to him, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hard servants. And there are many here today feeling distant, possibly, from God. Perhaps you've never known God. You've never been born again. Perhaps you've been born again, but just slipped away, become old and tired and weary. And that ability to say, I am a child of God, is difficult when you're not close to the Father. If you're distant like the Son was, you want to become, if you come to your senses, just, just let me be a servant. Just let me be a slave. It's a good attitude in a way to become without any pretension, without any expectation to God. But generally we come saying, if you help me here, God, if you break through in this situation, you're facing something difficult in your life, I tell you what, God help me. You don't know how he works, you don't know how he operates, but you think, well, I'll come to church every Sunday if you answer my prayer. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be fine. I'll give, I'll give some money to charity. And we, we want to be 
a slave. We want to give something. We want to just be a hired hand again. God, let me do something for you, and if you can help me. And that's just like the prodigal son. He just thought, I'll come and work for you if I can just come and be part of your family again. I'm hungry. But that's not how God is. He's looking out for you. The sun turns. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he sees you. God sees you coming. He saw me coming a long way off, bless him. He didn't get the rule book ready to read the right act. He didn't say, right, if you want to become a Christian, you're going to have to do this, 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 and this. And certainly not any of that. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He ran to his son. He said, welcome, son. I can't remember what he said. Give me a hug. <laughs> he put a cloak on him. And he said, let's have a party. Because my son, who was dead, is alive again, born again. Who wouldn't welcome back their son? And that's who we are. The whole point of Jesus' ministry on earth, so that we could become, he gave us the right to become children of God, to come back, and he welcomes us not as slaves, but as his son and our daughter. That song we were singing, I don't know if you noticed it, Martin Smith one, God's Dick, Great Dance Floor, is based on the prodigal son. And we'll maybe get a chance to sing it, we'll see how time grows, but that's why I can dance. I can't dance, but I can. Because <laughs> I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. And so church is all about celebration to me. This is what church is about, is rejoicing in that we're forgiven and we're celebrating that. And that's what we're about all the time. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Hallelujah. It's Father's Day. You are a child of God, or you can be, if you repent of your sins. That just means turning away from the stuff you know is rubbish, but being born again, well, that's like hard, but it's spiritually. You can understand it, I hope, a little bit. Today is the day for some people here to be born again, to start this journey, and it's not going to be easy. You heard about the hardship discipline. You're going to have to change. But the heart of the Father for you is one of 
pure love. Let's see this song, Robert, if you're ready to play it. And I, I, I would just encourage you to allow the words and the spirit and anointing upon it just to minister to you. Just start to pray to God. Just allow him to open your heart and receive you the truth. Me that you are a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears have come. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child.
Thanks. Let's just stand together in this moment. Keep it going, Julie. Let's just stand. Come on. Much volume as you can. I'm Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh with this revelation and this truth. We are a child of God. Yes, you child of God. I am a child of God. George Evans, I need you now. Keep it going, Julie. Keep it going. I am a child of God. Keep the lights down. It's okay. I'm no longer a slave. Put the lights down. Just receive this truth in our hearts right now, oh God. I am a child of God. Let's encourage you to speak this out. I am a child of God. Believe it by faith if you can't believe it in your mind. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Thank you, Jesus, for your Father's heart. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your hope. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lost the band.